So I ask this knowing that people can be a bit strange around twins sometimes and ask us weird questions. (laughs) Um, Well, Jessica, I'm not a twin. You're not? not a twin. What? Oh my gosh, I threw my question out of the water. Hello friends and welcome to episode 114 of the Between You and Me podcast. This is the place where we talk to music makers about the things that hurt, heal and change us in the church. My name is Jessica Morris. I'm a music journalist based in Australia and this episode is brought to you by our friends at JesusWide.com, your number one source for Christian music news, reviews and interviews. Today is a very special episode to coincide with Black History Month in the US because we have gospel superstar Linda Randall on to talk about her new album, A Pilgrim Journey. This album is absolutely stunning. It carries a weight and a beauty and a pain that has been shared across generations and generations of history and families. And I was so excited when I had the opportunity to talk to Linda about why she chose to record this album, what it means to sort of go back to her her roots and look at these gospel classics in a way, um, and what her journey in Christian music actually means. Because Linda has, has been doing this since 1998, um, but she's also often known um, as the sister of Michael Tate from DC Talk or the Newsboys. Now, as I've always said before, with people who have siblings in the industry, Linda is so much more than that, so you would never define her by what her sibling does. But it is cool to know that they duet a lot, right? And that they work together. It's pretty cool. Also, like, her parents must have some serious singing genes to, like, have both of them. It's just ridiculous. So what you're about to hear is my interview with Linda Randall. We talk about her new album and racial reconciliation of being a bridge builder. You will hear snippets of her album through this. But first, here is the who, what, when, where, why of Linda Randall. Enjoy. Linda is so full of energy and joy. She just wanted to talk off the cuff and share from her heart. And I love that. Uh, She's just so fun. Thank you, Linda. Thank you. It's like you've been part of the industry for so long and uh, your ability to engage and speak with a journalist you've never met with before is actually really beautiful and I really appreciate it. Um, We know that press junkets take a lot of energy and yet you came to it with so much authenticity and love and passion. Thank you. Thank you so much for this. Friends, you can get Linda Randall's album, A Pilgrim's Journey, now on all major streaming platforms. Go and listen to it. Go buy it. Go love it. And then let her know what you think. You can find Linda on social media at Linda underscore Randall. That is L-Y-N-D-A underscore R-A-N-D-L-E. Also find her online at lindarandall.com. There's more information about her conference there and her ministries, as well as her books. That was fun, right? I love that we're going to gospel and southern gospel, a genre I know admittedly next to nothing about. It's cool for me to learn more about um, the heart and the soul behind this and the artists in this genre and their passion for it. So I'm really excited and a really big privilege to have a member of the Gaither community and Gaither family actually on this podcast. Thank you, Linda. Now, I know that things have been a bit up in the air with the podcast lately. We haven't been as active on social media and our episodes have been coming out slightly more sporadically. I want to thank you for your patience with that. Please know, Between You and Me is still very much active and alive. I am passionate about this podcast. I love this community and I want to keep giving you episodes that you love and are proud of and stories that make you go, I'm not alone in this world things have been up and down in the last few months just with the transition into the new year and some personal stuff that's been going on for me Um, so through that we have been a little more on break please know we'll be starting to get back to our regular pattern very shortly and I can tell you that we will have an episode for you next week with an upcoming worship group called Rock City Worship so we do have some really exciting interviews coming up that talk about we do have some really exciting interviews come up that talk about important things. Um, So hang in there with me. 
And please, if you haven't liked us on social media yet, would you go and do that and go and like share a post, like a post, comment on the post. Algorithms are so screwed up right now um, that that actually really helps. Even if you can't like buy merch, just sharing something, liking something, um, that makes a world of difference. So please go ahead and do that. We are on Instagram at Between You Me Pod. You'll also find us online at betweenyourmepod.com. And as always, if you haven't gone to your favorite podcast provider and given us a star rating and a review yet, please do. It's really good for my ego. But, but more than that, it helps more people to find these interviews. And we want that. We want people to hear stories that remind them why music is a soundtrack to our life, why it helps us to experience God, and why it's so important to also acknowledge pain and hope and healing all at once. If we could actually talk about that and feel that and embrace that as a community in the church, whatever that looks like, then I believe that we would be a place that would be so much more full of life and such a beautiful reflection of God. That's what I got from Linda Randall today. I saw the reflection of God's heart in a facet in a way that I've never, in a way I've never seen before. So thank you, Linda. That's all for this episode. I will see you next week with a fun new episode with Rock City Worship. Until then, keep jamming out to these songs by Linda Randall. My name is Jessica Morris. I'll see you next time. Linda Randall is a force in gospel music. The Dove Award-winning superstar has been in the public eye since she was recruited by Bill Gaither in 1998. But her passion for music began much earlier. Growing up in inner city Washington, D.C., her dad was a bivocational minister, and after she started at Riverdale Baptist School, she joined choir and fell in love with the gospel classics of her people. Now, unlike many success stories, Linda didn't garner critical acclaim straight after graduation of high school or university. In fact, it was nearly a decade before Bill Gaither welcomed her into the Gaither family, and Southern gospel music has been richer for it ever since. Linda's first release with Gaither came out in 2003. It was on the album Timeless Favourites from the Homecoming series. The following year, she released a solo record, a tribute to Mahalia Jackson, and she actually garnered a Dove Award for this. Her follow-up album, Got on the Mountain, was also a success, and the title track has, get this, received more than 35 million views on YouTube. This album was followed by 11 more, including collaborations with Gaither, a live solo album, and a Christmas record. Now, over the year, Linda has become a family name on TV screens across North America, and between her appearances on Gay the Homecoming videos and at events, she has shared the stage with some musical legends like Andre Crouch and Gladys Knight. In 2016, she released her semi-autobiographical picture book, A Cab Driver's Daughter, and this is actually in addition to her previous works. She wrote God on the Mountain, a book of testimonies about the song God on the Mountain, which has inspired so many lives, and 30 Days to Harmony, a devotional for the Advent season. Now, through her career, Linda has also found time to start Linda Randall Ministries. This included the creation of a Women After God's Own Heart conferences in 2008, where she meets with women for an annual two-day event. And through song, story and humour, she aims to empower and fill delegates with the tools they need to become better mums, daughters, wives, sisters and members of their communities. Wonderfully, Linda and her team actually also extend an invitation to the conference by partnering with local substance abuse recovery shelters, teen pregnancy facilities, and homeless shelters in Kansas City, Missouri. Now, last Friday, February 11, Linda unleashed her new album to the world. Titled Pilgrim Journey, the Gay the Homecoming release takes listeners on an uplifting spiritual voyage that invites you to navigate the inherent yearning for hope, which inspires perseverance as you anticipate the eternal promise of freedom. Describing it as an album about lament, healing, forgiveness and love, it includes gospel classics and was actually produced by Cindy Morgan. Now, released to coincide with Black History Month, the stories, songs and spirits shared by Linda on this record and her many collaborators are designed to build bridges, bring healing and bring about reconciliation. I spoke to Linda about the genesis of Pilgrim's Journey, what it means to be a bridge builder and why these songs will change people. Amen. My friends, Meet the newest member of the Between You and Me family, the great Linda Randall. For people who have never met you or for people who have heard about you, who is Linda Randall in your own words? Wow. Well, I am really, uh, I know this is an interesting way to start off. I'm really a, a kid at heart. Like I am. Um, I always tell people I kind of have this happy-go-blessed personality, kids in the candy store, I, I'm not jaded, 
as, as much as I've seen and been exposed to and uh, God's just been so good and all of the amazing doors and opened and he's opening it's kind of still like it's just um, I'm like a kid just at wonder you know and, and wonder and just it's like I'm amazed and, and I kind of stay in that state for the most part you know anybody mm-hmm. who knows me I'm kind of that um, very um, upbeat and quite optimistic um, but at the same time I am also uh, this adult woman who's experienced a lot uh, in her life and even as a child some of the things that I went through and experienced as a child some of the heartaches and heartbreaks and difficulties and challenges have been uh, it's been difficult so that shaped me um, into the woman that I am and the woman that I'm becoming and so so on the flip side you know you get this personality this person that, that, that I just love life I'm blessed to to be here, to be able to do what we're doing. But on the flip side of that, there was uh, at one time a wounded child mm-hmm. that had not healed or, you know, or anything like that. But it's just over time, God has just done some amazing, amazing things in my life. And so I feel like now I am this adult woman who is an overcoming, victorious woman of God, able to do whatever I... I'm asked and called to do so. It's 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 pretty amazing. I'm a pretty diverse uh, person, and not multiple personalities in the crazy kind of way, but definitely um, very multifaceted. Yeah. yeah. No, I love that. I, I, well, one, I love that we're five minutes into our conversation and I already have like, I can already feel your energy through the phone and that like, and that you are, you like, there's so much depth to you, but clearly also so much, like there's so much joy that comes from that depth. Um, and that's, yeah. I, I love that. And you can actually hear that in your album, which, which is probably what makes yeah. it so powerful, I would say, um, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So your, your album is Pilgrim Journey. Um, you've been releasing music for years. What is it about this collection of songs being released in 2022 that is so significant for you? Oh, wow. Well, first of all, it's part of my history, my legacy. And although I've, I've been able to record a few spirituals over time in my musical career, and I actually started singing them in high school and that's another whole story and probably never would have done as much of those spirituals in high school had it not been me being put in this predominantly white Christian school and I happen to be the only uh, kid of color, the only mm-hmm. black kid and I sometimes I pick chocolate kid in the choir and so the spirituals are just, it's a unique piece of art and work and if you do them right, reverentially and do them uh, sonically, the way they're supposed to sound, it is a masterpiece. And so mm-hmm. I kind of learned a lot about those spirituals as a young girl. But this this pilgrim journey was an opportunity for me, Jessica, to really get a hold of these spirituals and um, put them in a life and put them in a way where people that had never really, really heard spirituals or studied spirituals knew the background, the history, to be able to sing them in the way the call of the heart to kind of yearn to learn more, to experience it. So when you know when you listen to the sounds, the symphonic sounds and the orchestral sounds and the harmonies and all those things, there's this yearning in your soul that is just so beautiful. And one of the main reasons I wanted to do it because our country in the United States here has been through so much um, uh, dissension and division and hate and it's just been horrible. So I was thinking if this is a way to help people build bridges and so this album gives people an opportunity to lament, to um, to cry, to weep, to ask forgiveness, healing, uh, love, acceptance, it's all inclusive. It's right there in this record and when you hear the, the, the um, transitions on the album, the little in- musical interludes and pieces, it's pretty powerful. It really, and I had someone tell me the other day that someone listened and they were listening to I Want Jesus to Walk With Me and they started thinking about 400 years of slavery mm-hmm. and they just wept and wept and wept and it just it just blew me away because I thought man that's, that's what I want and I don't want people to feel guilt this is nothing about somebody feeling guilt for what their forefathers did or our forefathers or foremothers did that's not what this album is about 
it really is about healing and spirituals is a way to take us back on this journey to move us forward. sharing that even in australia we have our own history and present history um of racism and um having having you having you like offering this to the world like your journey your hurt but also like your hope is so it is it's like it is so conducive to bridge building because you have lovingly and painstakingly paved that bridge yourself through your melody um and that's that's and you're right there is something like the spirit is just so thick in that which is is what makes it so powerful i literally had questions here about why did you choose to do this and you answered them all in in that so um i mean i can tell that that this album is part of your heart it's part of your spirit you're just offering it to the world um but why, why do you choose to place yourself, I guess, in this conversation, especially like within a church where there has been a lot of division and I would imagine it's been quite exhausting on many levels in the last few years in ways that I can't appreciate um, as a white Australian. So what, why do you choose to, to give of yourself in this way um, when... I, I just imagine it probably cost you an awful lot, if I can guess that. Well, I, I would think it's probably going to cost a lot more, um, Jessica, as I'm moving forward in this direction than probably I or you or we even realize. But I feel like if anybody wants to be weird or rude or... Um, they want to fight or get angry because I'm deciding to do these spirituals and, you know, I'm trying to help, you know, and, and being part of the solution and building bridges, then that's just going to be between them and God. I'll have nothing to do with that. But if anybody's going to be really honest and they go, go if, if you're going to get mad at anybody, Linda Washington was probably not the one because a lot of the people that may, you know, talk and be disgruntled and upset and bothered or whatever, those I can tell you, a lot of those people have never been in all-black community. They've never sat down with anybody to talk with them that didn't look like them. They probably didn't go to schools with the majority of people that didn't look like them. So sometimes you get that backlash from people who just want to stir up trouble and say things just because they just have never sat down and had the hard conversations. Well, I have been living in this community of my white brothers and sisters for over 40 plus years, a very, very, very long time. 
So it would take somebody really wanting to be disruptive and hateful to judge me and to um, ridicule me and criticize what we're trying to do um, because I feel like I, my my record of reconciliation and build, bridge building perceives me. Like this is what yeah. I've done all of my life that I can remember. And even with my parents teaching me as a young, uh, young girl, young teenager that God loved us all, it didn't matter what color we were. And by the way, a side note, God does see color. Because I hear people say all the time, you know, I don't see color. God is, God is not colorblind. Why would he create these beautiful sunsets? Why would he yes. make all these beautiful different uh, uh, flowers and, and species of, of, of fish and, and animals with all these beautiful colors if he were colorblind? So he's not colorblind. The thing about it is it's okay to see color. You just don't want to make issue with it or anything yeah. like that. It's, um, and so... I, I know it's probably going to be some people who are going to be uncomfortable because there are people, Jessica, who have loved this Linda, who has just kind of been in this, I don't know if the word is a safe place, but I haven't rocked any boats, yeah. I haven't troubled any waters, and for some of my white friends, um, not all, but some of them, I've been this black woman in a predominantly white world, kind of on their page with their from their ideals and ideas, and it's, and it's cool. And some of these people I've never had the hard conversations with, mm -hmm. and it's okay. But then there are other my white friends that from day one, they knew I was black, I knew she were white, and we've been talking about this stuff ever since, but I've not had this national and international platform like God has given me as of late, mm -hmm. that I know he's prepared me for. I've not had it until now because the season was not right. And so, you know, I, it's going to cost some stuff. It really is yeah. because people, they want you to just pretend that there are no issues. There is nothing wrong. Um, why can't we all get along if we're, you know, I don't see you as, yeah, there are issues. There is, there are things that are wrong that need to be fixed. And so it's just part of, of the calling. And so I can't, I cannot Jessica predict how people are going to respond and act and react and I can't be overly concerned about you know what they might say good or bad yeah. but what I can say is at the end of the day I want to please the heart of God and if I don't do what he's called me to do then I would not be pleasing the heart Creator, do you like creating fancy slideshows for church? Or maybe you're a videographer, a podcaster like me. Maybe you just love creating things and you need amazing stock music or videos to fill the needs. That is where Soundstripe comes in. The team at Soundstripe are world-class musicians who have hired world-class musicians to create stock music without all the loopholes of licensing. Simply subscribe and you can select what track you want and license it as many times as you want. It's a great way to support artists and create world-class content. We love our friends at Soundstripe. We have been partnered with them since the first episode of Between You and Me, and we are so grateful for their support. If you would like to use their content or check them out, 
go right now to soundstripe.com and use the code youmepod at checkout for 10% off. That is the code youmepod at the checkout and you will get 10% off. You're welcome. Hey, it's me again. Big surprise, I know. But you know what I love? Nearly equally as much as good music. I love a good band tea. And I love a good nostalgic band tea, which is why I'm a big fan of the Between You and Me web store. If you head there right now, you will actually find that we have throwbacks to some of the most iconic Christian musicians and plenty of ammunition for the next catch up with the friends you survived Christian college with or who also survived being a PK with. Go check out our t-shirts, our hoodies, our masks, because that's a thing in 2020, and even our phone covers or notebooks. We would love you to take home a piece of Between You and Me and remember wherever you go that you belong here, that you are a part of a family of misfits and worshippers and questioners and people who apparently like nostalgia. Go and check it out now at our website, betweenyouandmepod.com and hit the shop button. How do you practice self-care or take care of yourself through this? And that in, in everyday life, in your ministry, in your work with your family, how do you take care of you? Okay, first and foremost, uh, you know, as a child of God, I mean, I'm every day I'm in God's Word reading, praying, and, you know, uh, just getting centered first thing part of the day and even sometimes during the day and evening that's the first thing but then I have a wonderful husband and our beautiful daughters patience and joy um, oh. we have had so many conversations I have people that I am surrounded by that understand the struggle that have been part of the struggle um, some people have been on the other side of the struggle but they but they get it and so people being able to pour into my life and self-care and then my assistant uh, Regina Crutcher who uh, she probably helped connect this call. Uh, we've been hanging out for like 27 plus years, and she's mm-hmm. she's been someone that I've you know she's seen it. She has seen it all, been there through it all, and she's been great to just kind of talk to, talk with, talk through it. Um, I have a wonderful um, uh, board members, and Jeannie Tucker is like a big sister. She's been there. It's been really great. And then there are great books. There are some great movies and documentaries that will help encourage you and all that kind of stuff so I've kind of I've kind of found some ways to just you know the self-care as I'm on this journey and here get this Jessica I feel like whatever I'm dealing with now as we're starting this um this new chapter in my musical career slash ministry it's nothing in comparison to what my forefathers and foremothers went through I mean absolutely nothing the things they endured were horrifically horrible detestable, um, it, it just it was just unacceptable, mm-hmm. treated less than human. I, I'm not endured any of that at all. And so so for, for whatever we're doing, rocking a few boats and somebody may throw out a little hate word every now and then, so be it. So be it. I mean that's the that's the least I could do. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Absolutely. Um what I, I look through your website and I can tell you are fiercely passionate about empowering women. Um, and I, I saw this through your, your Woman After God's Own Heart conference, which you started from the ground up. Am I right? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Uh-huh. That's yes. amazing. And I started, Gloria Gaither and I started uh, together with my little baby, my passion, my heart, and Gloria, of course, had a heart. So we did them together for a few years, and then I just kind of branched off on our own and loving Gloria and thanking her for all of her mentoring and all that. But, yes, we started from the ground up, completely from the ground up. I love that. What In light of that and your experience there and I, and how you've worked at empowering women in so many different areas of society, um, what, what do you think the church would look like? if we created more space for for women and especially women of colour to be given a platform to thrive and then to also lead? Wow. It would be a beautiful place, Jessica. It would be beautiful. I mean, already I am seeing, um, even on the commercials on television, and this is probably going to be mind-blowing and eye-opening to a lot of people who really, quote-unquote, didn't realise this, Commercials 
didn't have a lot of families of color. They would have maybe a black woman who was more white than she was black, but she knew she wasn't really white, but she was kind of sort of black. We've had a few of those women in the commercials over the years, and then every now and then you'll see a little, a little, uh, a, a black child, or you know, or whatever. And then, and, and once in a blue moon, maybe you'll see, you know, you'll see a black male or two. I'm actually seeing families now, full on black families in commercials, and it's 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 astounding. It's like, I mean, things that you could just take for granted and take slightly because you you know when you turn on the TV and you see. You know, there's a family at the table. You know, the families, we grew, they were always white families. There weren't mm-hmm. really black families around but on the table. I mean, just, just what, especially, you know, women being empowered like that. I mean, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And so just in that sense, okay, just from that perspective, I mean, it, it's huge, huge, huge. A lot of change, a lot of shifting is going on. Now, to have black women empowered specifically like in the church and leadership and things and stuff like that, uh, it would be, it would be amazing. I mean, it's, it's women, black women, by the way, have always been the backbone of oh, yeah. the black church, believe it or not. Yeah. We've always been. Um, during the times of slavery, that's where um, we all went to get uh, restored and to get encouraged and to be somebody. So we had what we call the mothers of the church were, most times they were, of course, older black women who were seasoned and who were full of wisdom, who um, helped the young, younger black women come along and, and, and give them the knowledge, impart knowledge to them that they had learned along the way, all the hardship they've learned along the way. So it's, traditionally in the black church, black women have always been strong and present and held the church together. And even though they may not have been pastors or preachers and things like that or in leadership, they weren't on the board of directors, but they were really the backbone of the church. In today's society, though, women have just been able to be just as much a part of, you know, uh, the church and leadership as, 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 as men, um, or we're getting to that point. Mm-hmm. And I think it's great, but I really feel like, you know, I, I, I can't even answer that how I would answer it maybe two or three years ago because I do see a shift where more women of color are are getting to to be more prominent mm-hmm. um, in church and in leadership, and it's great. And if we keep moving in this direction, it's going to be, this world, is, it's, it's going to be a beautiful place. It's going to be a beautiful place. And while, you know, we're never going to reach perfection in this in this world because it's, it's just, you know, that's just not going to happen because we are imperfect people. I think we're moving in a great direction when we are looking at more women of color uh, in leadership positions. And But I do love for our conferences, I intentionally, Jessica, I don't have black women. Our conference is so diverse. There's white, black, Hispanic. I mean, from uh, speakers, singers, people that share their stories. It's intentional because if I were not intentional, everybody could possibly look like me. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think a lot of people miss. You have to be you have to be intentional if you're gonna make a difference in building some bridges and tearing down walls. Um, yeah. So but I, I think it would be a that was a kind of a mm-hmm. just a broad um, answer to, you know, to your, your question so yeah. give you something to pick from as you put all this together yeah absolutely no that was so well answered in on so many fronts um and also like in the best way challenging for me about being intentional even as I put together my podcast I'm so aware of that and especially in in yeah. in contemporary Christian music as well you have to push yourself to find more than the standard sound or look so um I I resonate with that and I'm really grateful for it thank you
questions for you but I'm aware that I haven't asked you any specific questions about your album so did you want to share anything do you have a a favorite track or a a duet or duets that you wanted to talk about and share yeah of course uh I it's kind of hard to pick you know like I've got two daughters they're they're both my favorites (laughs) (laughs) uh faces and joys it's kind of hard to pick but I would say mother was Child, oh my word, on that album. Jason uh, Clark of the, of the group The Neelands, the Southern Gospel group The Neelands, I don't know if you're familiar with them or whatever, but they are fantastic. He produced the first round of that track. It was going to be on another album project, Jessica, and when I left the studio, after getting all these other tracks done for what was going to be this other record, um, I thought... I said, I don't know, I, I'm not sure musically this is where I want to go. I was just kind of, you know, just thinking we spent these days recording the tracks and, and you know, uh, you know, doing everything at the studio. But when I left, it was kind of a gnawing. The motherless child, just from that very onset of doing that track, it just resonated with me. And I'm like, oh, my land, I, I feel like, I want to do more of these kinds of songs. So that was kind of like the the, the baby that started the whole family uh, mm-hmm. of this whole project. And I do have one, a, a project that's not out yet. Uh, it's another whole, like, arena of, of, of sound. And it's great. It's all going to be woven together beautifully. And so but I think Motherless Child, because especially since my mom is with the Lord now, my mother would pray for me and over me and, uh, school, you know, and college, and my dad, and, and I learned so much from them, and I thought during the pandemic when everything was so crazy in our world, and, you know, my mom had been with the Lord at that time, I think about five or six years, and boy, I used to have my phone like a motherless ch- child, like, you know, I wanted my mom to just hold me, to pray mm-hmm. for me, to tell me it's going to be okay, and so that song is just amazing, and then uh, Plenty Good Room, is another great spiritual. I sang that growing up in church, and uh, basically that song just said, you know what, there's room at the table for everybody. I know there's a lot of hate, you know, a lot of people that are, um, or their goal in life is to be, to divide, but God's table is big enough. Mm -hmm. No matter what you've done, no matter where you've come from, no matter who you know or don't know, there's plenty good room at the father's table. So that's another amazing, amazing, amazing track song. But they're all so good. The, mm-hmm. uh, the transitions, I want Jesus to walk with me. You know, all, all of them are just, they're just all great. So um, I don't know what else to say, but it's, this album, I believe, is, is really, it's God breathed it to me. Mm-hmm. And it has just given me so much hope and inspiration moving forward. Uh, on this on this album journey, yeah, yeah, and Cindy Morgan, um, she she named the record because we were like, okay, so what do we want to call it? We want to call it, and so we don't want to call it Plenty Good Room. And then my feet made me tired, and you know, I said people don't really uh, get that when to they hear the song. I said, can't. And then she said, well, when we thinking I want Jesus to walk with me while I'm on this pilgrim journey. She goes, I think pilgrim journey. I said, Cindy, and I think you're right. Yeah. And so I want to give Cindy Morgan her prop for producing and co-producing and Jason Clark for getting the ball rolling on a motherless child. It's just, it's pretty phenomenal. So yeah, the record is amazing. And here's another little funny thing. I don't typically just to listen to my songs or records unless, you know, I'm having to listen to approve something or whatever, you know, and, but I have played Pilgrim Journey more times than I've ever played any record. I think my Mahalia record, the one that won the Devil Award 
uh, back in 2005. That one was an incredible project as well. It was, it was uh, Mahalia Jackson was known as one of the world's greatest gospel singers, but Barry Beckett, who produced that one, I was his first um, Christian artist. He worked with Bob Dylan, all these major artists, and all. He produced that record, and it was it's pretty phenomenal, the Mahalia Jackson. But I, but Pilgrim Journey, I have played it so many times, and not like listen to me, I, I sound so great, but it moved me, Jessica, in a way that I cannot describe. I don't know if it's recentering me and 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 bringing me back to my roots or. If it's, if it's inspiring me to, to branch out and do more, if it's just, I don't, I don't know, but it is, that is, that is, yeah, it's a phenomenal piece. It is a phenomenal project. questions for you uh I'm, i probably like if someone saw you on the street like a fan and just wanted to throw something random at you or i'm just curious and these didn't fit anywhere else in my questions so um my first question for you i know that you are a twin and i'm, I'm actually a twin as well so i ask this knowing that people can be a bit strange around twins sometimes and ask us weird questions. <laughs> um, guess what, Jessica? I'm not a twin. You're not? I'm not a twin. What? Oh, my no, gosh. I'm I threw my question twin. out of the my water. Mike and I are... Uh, I know. You know what? I just saw... Regina was bringing up some stuff on Google the other day. She goes, did you see this? And they have Mike and I, different stories about Mike and I. I've seen people that think we're twins. I've had what? people... Uh, is that, are you his mom? Are you his, I mean, seriously, like, his sister, are you his girlfriend? Oh, his boy. wife? It's crazy. So anymore, you can't even trust me. But no, we are four years apart. Okay. I'm years older than Michael. Okay. Um, Great. So we're, but you are, but you are a twin, huh, Jesse? You're a twin. I, I, I am. I am a twin. I'm a, uh, what do you call it? My, I've got a twin sister. Uh, we're four minutes apart, okay. so just a little you bit different. Fraternal? Or are you, what are you, I, identify? Uh, identical. Yes, identical. Identical, wow. Yes, yep. Oh, that's, ama- that's amazing. Oh, well, good, good for you. Yeah, <laughs> I had nothing are, to do with it, are, but thank you. as a light, light twin <laughs> uh, outside of being twins. We, we, we could be twins, though, because I'm telling you something. When we used to fight, I'm serious, this is the truth. We knew all the buttons to push because we were so much alike. <laughs> so, so, but no, no, we are we are so close, and uh, and our age was so close, just in our hearts too. Out of uh, seven siblings, two were with the Lord. Oh, wow, yeah. uh, five out of seven actually saying that Mike and I are the only ones uh, that uh, we were c- called to do it full time. But no, I don't. So that may change your question because Mike and I are not twins. So, well, so. I I actually really enjoyed that explanation anyway because, one, it clears up all the false information on Google, and, two, that was very interesting. <laughs> so that was really good. <laughs> that's, pretty, that's pretty funny, isn't it? I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, no, but, yeah, people think we're... 
They, yeah. they always, they think we're, they're so close, like they're thinking we're twins, or they know we're brothers, and some people are just discovering that we are brother and sister. <laughs> oh dear. You're like, just being over here the whole time doing my thing. That's great. Yep. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, <laughs> It's pretty funny, but no, it's, it's all good, man. So, yeah, what else you got? I'm good. I'm good. You're doing great. You're doing a great job. Yeah. So, um, you have been performing for years, um, mm-hmm. obviously since you were – well, I know I know that you were saved, like you came to know Jesus when you were 12 and you sort of joined a choir yeah. after that. What is the funniest moment that you have ever had on stage? Oh, my word. Okay, the funniest moment, okay, the funniest moment was I was singing at a women's conference in Michigan. It was about 4,000 women. It was, it was a big, huge conference. And my uh, my slip that I had on started slipping off. No! And so, so when I realized it was falling off, and now, mind you, Jessica, there were women on the podium behind me, um, but I was out, you know, like how you know you walk on stage and there's no podium. When I realized my slip was slipping, I stepped behind the podium, I kept singing, and I stepped out of my slip, unbeknownst to the audience, right on the podium. And of course, the podium is, you know, they're laughing, and then I, then I tell, tell the women, well, and because you was because you were women too, they they get it. Those things oh, yeah. happen, and so you know. But it was it was the funniest thing, and just kind of like, well, I kept on seeing. I don't know if I missed the note of beat or anything. I just like, okay, I don't know if the elastic in the slip was old or whatever, but I just stepped right out of it and kept on singing. So that's one of the, I think, one of the funniest stories. Oh uh, wow! That happened to me. Things that happened to me on stage. Nice recovery. As a woman, that's like one of the hardest things, and you just sailed through yeah. it. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even. I wasn't. In, I, don't, I tell people this is funny. I don't embarrass easily because when I say I don't take myself too serious, I do, but I try not to be so hard on those kinds of things because we know stuff will happen. You know, yeah. things happen. So you just go, okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I try not to. I try not to get so caught up with, you know, doing everything, just, you know, I like to do stuff right, but you're not going to always do it. So when it happens from time to time, it's okay. But no, I just, I just kept singing. I stepped out. I went behind the podium like I was, you know, uh, like Superman or something, putting on a case. <laughs> yes. A case Love this. In my little, in my little space right there. But it was, it was really, that was, that was pretty fun. Pretty fun. Nicely done. My last question for you, if you could go back to when you were 12 years old, and you were joining choir for the first time, what would you tell yourself knowing what you know now? Okay, I joined the choir Ooh. for the first time. Well, I can say more in school when I was about 16. Okay, old. sorry, 16. So, but, yeah, 16. But traditionally, in, so I can answer this question one or two ways. Traditionally in the black church, you sang in the choir whether you wanted to or not. So since I was a little girl that I can remember... I was oh. seven, eight, or nine. We were singing in a little kids' choir. I want to be a sunbeam. Oh, sun, yes. B e a m, and and singing those songs. I didn't have a clue. I wasn't even interested in singing. Didn't want to sing. I was afraid to sing. So, um, so that you can answer from that perspective, or I could say when I was in the choir at school, um, it probably it probably would be easier for me to. Oh, look, that's, that's interesting. I don't get dumped on a lot of questions, but here's what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. I remember singing in our church choir, and they kept giving me these, um, a lot of the traditional black gospel songs to sing, and the, the, the singers would be, you know, um, like the Walter Hawkins, Oh Happy Day, mm-hmm. uh, Tremaine Hawkins. I mean, they could really sing, and they could rip their throat. They could just, they could do all the runs and all the licks. Well, I was never that kind of singer. Mm-hmm. So I could start by saying, what would I tell that child? That I would say, I would tell that child to be to be brave and to be strong and to tell your choir director that you didn't feel comfortable singing the songs that way. Could you find a way to sing them 
the way you felt them. Yeah. That's what I would say. Yeah. Because I was taught and made to sing in a way that wasn't me even back then, um, before I realized, you know, as I, I got older, I, was, I had been doing that for a while still, but now I'm like, okay, I'm going to sing what I want to sing, how I feel like singing it, and not being cocky. Nobody's going to tell me how to sing it, what to do, because you always want a good, great coach. But back then, it was kind of like, you're in the choir, whether you want to be or not, you're going to give these songs. And while I was able to mimic uh, Jessica, I was able to mimic a lot of these singers and really do pretty well, it wore me out because it was, um, I feel like it was wasted energy because it just wasn't me. Mm -hmm. I would tell that young kid to just, you know, go to your elder and, you know, your choir director and just say, hey, can I share some of you? And back then, you just didn't talk to grown-ups like that. You know, when they said yeah. you, whatever, you just did it. So I, I, would, I would say that. And then for the choir in school, I would tell my music teacher who I love so very much, Mr. Tim Coffin is amazing. Uh, he is thriving today, doing great here in the States. But I would tell him that there's, there, it's, there's more to me in my voice than then singing Negro spirituals, because that's mostly the leads I got in the choir were Negro spirituals. It's kind of like, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's what I probably would say, for sure. of energy and joy she just wanted to talk off the cuff and share from her heart and i love that uh she's just so fun thank you linda thank you it's like you've been part of the industry for so long and uh your ability to engage and speak with a journalist you've never met with before is actually really beautiful and I really appreciate it. Um, we know that press junkets take a lot of energy and yet you came to it with so much authenticity and love and passion. Thank you. Thank you so much for this. Friends, you can get Linda Randall's album, Pilgrim's Journey, now on all major streaming platforms. Go and listen to it. Go buy it. Go love it. And then let her know what you think. You can find Linda on social media at Linda underscore Randall. That is L-Y-N-D-A underscore R-A-N-D-L-E. Also find her online at lindarandall.com. There's more information about her conference there and her ministries, as well as her books. That was fun, right? I love that we're going to gospel and southern gospel, a genre I know admittedly next to nothing about. It's cool for me to learn more about um, the heart and the soul behind this and the artists in this genre and their passion for it. So I'm really excited and a really big privilege to have a member of the Gaither community and Gaither family actually on this podcast. Thank you, Linda. 
Now, I know that things have been a bit up in the air with the podcast lately. We haven't been as active on social media and our episodes have been coming out slightly more sporadically. I want to thank you for your patience with that. Please know, Between You and Me is still very much active and alive. I am passionate about this podcast. I love this community and I want to keep giving you episodes that you love and are proud of and stories that make you go, I'm not alone in this world. Things have been up and down in the last few months, just with the transition into the new year and some personal stuff stuff that's been going on for me. Um, So through that, we have been a little more on break. Please know we'll be starting to get back to our regular pattern very shortly. And I can tell you that we will have an episode for you next week with an upcoming worship group called Rock City Worship. We do have some really exciting interviews come up that talk about important things. Um, So hang in there with me. And please, if you haven't liked us on social media yet, would you go and do that and go and like share a post, like a post, comment on the post. Algorithms are so screwed up right now um, that that actually really helps. Even if you can't like buy merch, just sharing something, liking something, um, that makes a world of difference. So please go ahead and do that. We are on Instagram at Between You Me Pod. You'll also find us online at BetweenYourMePod.com. And as always, if you haven't gone to your favorite podcast provider and given us a star rating and a review yet, please do. It's really good for my ego. But but more than that, it helps more people to find these interviews. And we want that. We want people to hear stories that remind them why music is a soundtrack to our life, why it helps us to experience God, and why it's so important to also acknowledge pain and hope and healing all at once. If we could actually talk about that and feel that and embrace that as a community in the church, whatever that looks like, then I believe that we would be a place that would be so much more full of life and such a beautiful reflection of God. That's what I got from Linda Randall today. I I saw the reflection of God's heart in a facet in a way that I've never, in a way I've never seen before. So thank you, Linda. That's all for this episode. I will see you next week with a fun new episode with Rock City Worship. Until then, keep jamming out to these songs by Linda Randall. My name is Jessica Morris. I'll see you next time.
chasing now. This is my surrender.